Welcome to Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers. Amazing sex and intimacy are just around the corner. While Lori puts the finishing touches on her new book, Sex and Happiness Over 60, please enjoy this show. It's one of her favorites from the Sex and Happiness Archives. Today is going to be a very interesting show. It's very interesting to me. It's about a phenomenon I had no idea about, erectile dysfunction in younger men. And uh, let me first introduce my guest, and then we'll get started in this conversation. His name is Ruan Mipagala. Yeah, Mipagala. Mipagala. Okay, yeah. Okay. And Ruan is a coach, a speaker, and a creative entrepreneur who helps people reconnect with their instincts. He teaches courses on intimacy and creativity online and around the world. So before we actually get into the subject, because the subject, as I explained to people, is kind of shocking to me, how did you get started as an intimacy coach and an entrepreneur who's, who actually produces your courses online? I mean, it's probably not what you were uh, in line to do, you know, when you were studying and in school and stuff. How did this, how did you make this turn towards the subject matter of sex and intimacy. Yeah, so it's actually related to the topic of today. But um, so growing up, I was very anxious, very uh, socially shut down, very fearful. And that led me into self-help and, and spirituality and learning how to improve myself, whether physically or mentally or whatnot. And that was kind of just a hobby. I think that's a pretty common hobby, self-help. But then um, after college, I... Uh, I was very goal oriented. I was like the four hour work week was my Bible. At one point I was supposed to go into the Marines as an officer. So I was very like production focused and goal oriented, mission driven. And at some point around just like a year out of college, I was 23 or so, my body just started shutting down. Like I was so hyper focused on these goals. And essentially what we would say now is I was in my head, although I didn't have that language back then. Mm. And, um, what happened was uh, what the only thing that really finally got my attention, even though my emotions were drained and I was kind of apathetic and becoming numb as a human being, was that I lost the ability to feel arousal. So among my many goals was like dating and connecting with women and whatnot. And I had a bunch of experiences in a row where um, I had women coming home with me, wanting to have sex with me, but my body was so shut down that I couldn't feel anything. And oh. it was essentially impotence, even though I was physically healthy at 23. And oh. yeah, yeah. So it was humiliating. It just, but it also made me recognize like, oh, there's a lot of things going wrong in my life. It's not, this is kind of a symptom. Like the fact that my, my genitals don't work, right? Like it was like my whole, the whole way I was going through life was um, hyper-focused on like uh, achieving results of whatever was on my goal sheet. Like I, I wasn't feeling anything. Mm. But that was finally the thing that got me to really explore sexuality and figure out really what was wrong. It wasn't anything physical, although I did go a whole year taking Viagra and that totally messed me up. Um, I finally dropped that. I got into, it's led me to Tantra and other things like that, that got me in touch with my body and my emotions and my instincts. And what I found from also getting back my, my sex drive and having a normal sexual response again, it was also the, um, the root of my creativity, of my feelings, of serenity, all, all these things that, I mean, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but like <laughs> you know, getting in touch with my sexuality and getting in touch with my inner self and my creativity were one thing. And um, 
my ED issue is just a symptom of that, of a, of a disconnect. Let's go roll back a little bit. Like what drove you so much? It seems uh, like an inner competition that's just, you know, high performance. Like were your parents super precious? Was your school super precious? Uh, no, what put I mean, the pressure on you? I have my, my parents are Asian, so obviously they put a, they put pressure on school. But I think really it was being humiliated a lot when I was younger. And and we can you know this might tie to our our topic today. But like across the board, I was kind of a beta male when it came to everything. I was bullied. I even within my friend group, I was like low guy in the uh, on the on the um, the totem pole. Um, wow. You know I couldn't connect with girls. Like the real I really started feeling pain like post puberty when everyone I knew was dating and I, I just couldn't make eye contact, let alone ask out a, ask, ask out a girl. Um, and I think, I think this failure has made me want to like overachieve, maybe compensate from past failure. I was actually on another podcast speaking about like how I got into like coaching men on dating. And I think my origin story was getting rejected really hard. I mean, it sounds silly, but like being rejected in a humiliating way in high school kind of drove me to never want to feel that again. It's, you know, and when I, like, I'm, it's so, it's so crazy to me because, you know, I met you just a year or so ago and, uh, you know, I just want my listeners to know, you know, this man that I'm talking to is absolutely gorgeous, sexy, hot, confident, beautiful men would Men who are losing their hair would do anything to have your head of hair. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I find you so adorable, so gorgeous. And and the pain of the reality of the story that you're telling, you know, when you were growing up and the rejection and humiliation, it's like, it's hard to imagine, uh, you know, that ever happening to you in the state that you're in right now. Uh, so, you know, I met you like post- your conquest of all this, but yeah. it's, it's, it's so, uh, it's so hard to, uh, to see you that way. Um, yeah, so thank you. You know, it's, it's kind of cliche, but like the world gives you what you're feeling inside. I might not have said that in the best way, but like, I was just feeling so much anxiety all the time that it's like, I attracted, uh, rejection. I attracted being topped and humiliated and stuff. I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to make it sound like people are always shitting on me, but I always felt like that. I was like yeah. agoraphobic where I, I felt anxiety going out of the house and things like that. Um, amazing. Just amazing. Now you travel the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So wait, I just want to say to people, you know, if you're listening to this show, you know, clearly we don't know who you are. I know who many of my listeners are, but I don't know everybody. There's a lot of you. If you're listening to the show and you have any of this, whether you're a young man and you have erectile dysfunction or you're a man or a woman and, or, or, or a gender bender person, somebody who's experimenting with trans and you feel, you know, like you can't go out of the house or you feel bullied or whatever it is. This is just proof that anything can change if you shift the way you are dealing with the world. Like it's like, it's, it's really about self-empowerment. You will get what, how you are. And when you shift that 
And there's many ways to shift that. Ruan's program is being one way. My program is being another way. And then the myriad of other guests that I've had, there's so much you could do to shift that. So Ruan, you're, be- you're a beautiful example of somebody who's taken their life, taken charge of their life and, uh, and, and moved to change it. Do you ever look in the mirror and go like, who am I? How did this happen? Sometimes, sometimes like, wow, like, I, I just feel like really proud that because like, you know, not to say that my life has been any harder than anyone else's, but like, I kind of dove into certain points of suffering. And, and I, I really love what you just said about like the self empowerment, because I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I mean, actually, we might even talk about it, like some of the political stuff with men. I think one of the issues I have right now, which is I think is super disempowering to all people, not just young men, but is like this idea that society needs to fix your problems for you like i mean like the bullying example like i kind of i i kind of recoil when i see some of the campaigns against bullying not that bullying is good obviously but like the message that i would give myself as a younger person or anyone who's dealing with bullying is not like tell authorities or try to reconstruct society to prevent bullies but it's to learn how to stand up for yourself like that that to me is like the hero's journey in all of us where we learn to you know take matters into our own hands and like kind of like what you said you get what you are like you learn how to be something better and you won't deal with the crap that you're dealing with exactly listen exactly i mean exactly i you know i had a belief it's interesting because when you say all this what comes to my mind is that for a very long time i had a belief that i was unlovable i had a belief that i was unlovable and so I, while i had people who loved me and i had lovers I just couldn't ever fathom that there was, that I was really loved. And when I finally really loved myself and really saw how lovable I was, everything in my whole life shifted, mm-hmm. you know, and in my life now I have the love of my life and it's like, Oh, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Where did he come from? What planet did he grow up on? You know, it's taken a long time, but I would say that it took me a really long time to just relax about it and just go, yeah, you're lovable. Shut up, you know, uh, and just keep giving out love. Just keep being who you want the world to be to you. Just keep being that. And, and, and it's, and that's totally. stand out. So, I feel like you're a perfect example of that also. Ron, can you tell me like how widespread is this situation with younger men and erectile dysfunction? I only know, uh, I mean, obviously people who reach out to me are a certain sample. They're not representative of the population. But um, one of the stats that I saw on one of these cloud pharmacies, which I will rant about in a second, um, said that 52% of men have dealt with some sort of impotence issue. And, um, And while I'm grateful for the stat, I really, I mean, I'll just say that I'm really pissed off. And what made me become like reinvigorated to talk about this again was seeing all these ads for like, there's a company, uh, Get Roman, and then one for Hims, where they make it really easy for guys to basically get um, prescription Viagra in almost like the same way that like when uh, weed first became legal, uh, like you can kind of just get a bullshit uh, prescription like oh yeah my eyes hurt great here's a you know it's kind of becoming like that for for viagra and i i suffered from taking viagra because the problem isn't isn't i mean erectile dysfunction is just a symptom of a deeper issue it's not the actual problem for most men so yeah right so the actual the fact that their penis doesn't you know get erect from blood 
uh, vessels that swell up and, and arousal. That's not really the problem in most cases. It's more psychological or emotional or something that has to do a situation that could be shifted more easily than if it was really a physical problem. Yeah. I mean, both easier and maybe even harder in some ways, like getting in touch with your feelings is like kind of a big challenge for a lot of guys, which is why like taking a pill might seem like more, uh, more appealing at times, but yeah, I mean, that is the root of it. I mean, in every single, I have a 100% success rate helping guys, uh, overcome ED and, and it's simply because I've recognized that getting in touch with your feelings is the solution for almost everyone. Obviously, if you have a urological issue, I mean, that's yeah. something different, but yeah. Yeah. And those people, you know, people with a neurological issue might not be the people who are attracted to, to seek you out. People right. who get, you know, like when you put something out there about what you're doing, uh, somebody who needs you will find you and people who need other things will find other solutions. But you're talking about um, being able to also get Viagra too easily, Viagra or Cialis or whatever else they're using these days, too easily uh, by just saying, you know, doc, blah, 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 and the doctor writes out a script. That's what, isn't that what doctors do these days? I mean, they just I write so. out... <laughs> they I think do two it things to the you know so quick, it's so easy to get antidepressants now it's like right they to me doctors do, they do two things they cut or they prescribe right they know how to operate and some things don't require an operation and when they don't they prescribe a, a medication totally <laughs> and then also you can go online and get things from overseas so you can get stuff from mexico you can get stuff from canada you can get stuff from india you know when i've been in mexico coming back across the border because Arizona is one of those border states. I don't want to get into that whole politic. But um, when I've been there, like right at the border, in the border towns, there are all these pharmacies. And the biggest thing that they advertise is Viagra and Cialis. Like, you know, two seconds before you come back to the United States, (laughs) don't forget your Viagra and your Cialis. (laughs) Oh, my God. So... Yeah, so let's talk about um I I see when when I when you and I first broached the subject the thing I knew about was young men going clubbing. You know, like I didn't figure that they had erectile dysfunction. I just figured there was a whole bunch of men 35 and under who just took Viagra to have an erection while dancing in a club. Yeah. And I think that's how, like when it was introduced to me, when I was 23, all of my friends, uh, we, like we, we would like we, me and my roommates would share like a, a Viagra uh, uh, prescription. Like, like it was, it was said between guys, like, Oh yeah, we're just doing this to party. Right. We're doing it cause we're doing Coke. We're drinking or something like that. But, um, I, I know for myself and like, you know, this is almost 10 years now. I've, I've talked to a lot of these guys I used to party with, for them too, there, it was actually the real reason was that they were afraid that they wouldn't get it up if they went home with someone. Like that was the actual reason. Yeah. But we, we, we didn't admit that to each other. And then did it, yeah, thanks for saying that because I, I wondered about it. And the other thought I had was, you know, I know, for example, when you're taking something that your body, that's making your body do something that your body should already do naturally. If you do it for too long, 
it takes away your body's ability to do it. Totally. And that's the whole thing with taking steroids or antidepressants or anything. And that, that was what happened to me because I probably had what was like, I mean, it happened a bunch of times in a row, but if I didn't take Viagra, I probably would have eventually got it back. But since I was panicking, I started taking Viagra. I became dependent on it for a year. Um, by the end of the year, I, I could not feel anything down mm. there. Even if I took the Viagra and I got, a, I got an erection, I still couldn't feel anything. So, mm. I, I mean, that's, that's the terror. That's, a, that's the reason why I'm so up in arms about this thing. It's not that one pill of Viagra is going to ruin your life, but it's, like, it's creating a dependency and robbing people of their natural abilities. Right. Robbing men, younger men in particular. Yes, yes. I, I think that's really the piece. And so now let's also, I mean, I don't, you may have more that comes out here, but now let's also broach the subject of coupled with, you know, not being able to feel anything, needing to be dependent on a pill that may, that creates an erection, um, feeling self-doubt, feeling uh, bullied, humiliated, not successful in dating, and couple that with me too. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I add, uh, I think the reason why this is such an epidemic with younger men, like let's say guys born after 1985, is that uh, for that generation, millennials and Generation Z, they grew up with internet porn. Or they went through puberty with free internet porn at their fingertips. And they grew up uh, in a society heavily influenced by second wave feminism, which relates to Me Too. Not that it's all bad, but like there's certain elements of man shaming. And if, when you're going through puberty, one, you feel shame around your natural instincts, whether it's for sex or to compete or do anything traditionally male. And on top of that, you have this easy outlet for all of your sexual uh, you know, fantasies that don't involve real people. It kind of morphs your brain in a way that's not healthy and it's totally new in human history. Yes, totally new. Before that, people had, I mean, when I was growing up, people had National Geographic. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there, there were pictures of, of natives somewhere in the world who had bare breasts. That was it. Yeah. Then there was Playboy, Penthouse, and Hustler, and who knows what else. But magazines, real magazines, that had airbrushed beautiful bodies in it and there were some sex acts in there but and then there was like pornography that you had you could buy but you you, you had it had you had to be 18 and you had to go to a store and be you know face the fact that you might know someone in there and that was scary right, right. and then all of a sudden sex became streaming at you on the same very thing that like the rest of the world came to you on like the computer yeah and like, you have to think like for an 11, 12 year old kid, everything he can possibly imagine, everything beyond his imagination is available at the click of a button. So like, mm -hmm. he doesn't even get to develop his own sexual imagination, which is like a shame on another level. But um, yeah, it just, it just like, it, it wires kids in a weird way. And then when you're afraid to express your instincts in society, because you think that, you know, asking a woman out means you're a predator or feeling or uh, attraction to someone means you're a bad person or something. Um, why would you do anything but jerk off to porn? And it just creates yeah. this like uh, public asexuality, I think, in, in guys, which is why I think there's more anxiety, more problems in, in general. It's really, it's, it's very complex. I mean, it's got so many aspects to it. Um, you know, I, two things. One is I knew an 11 year old who, 
maybe I, I don't know if he was nine and maybe he was nine at the time. A 15 year old showed him porn and he was, and he, this was like a, kid, a brilliant kid, very articulate, very uh, cute, attractive, whatever. And I remember when I saw him with his mother and I, he was so quiet and so withdrawn. And I said, what happened to him? And she said, I don't know. But he says that he didn't, he didn't really look. And I said, oh, I know exactly what happened to him. Somebody showed him porn. So, you know, they had a session with me. They came to my house wow. and uh, to my office. And they, uh, I had a session with him. And I said, what happened to you? He said, I didn't mean to look at it. You know, this other boy showed it to me, an older boy. And I didn't know, you know, I, it, I, it scared me. And it was, he was exposed to porn. And he didn't have, at nine, he didn't have receptors to, like, know where to file that. I don't imagine that you do at 11 either, but you've heard the word. Um, so that was one thing. We had to deal with both boys, both mothers, you know, whatever, like get the kid back. Cause he was just, he was gone. It was like that happened and it was like a trauma. Huh. And then um, there's a woman who does a Ted talk. I, I, I should know her name. I don't know her name, but she's, um, She's an older woman. She's my contemporary. She's probably 70 or something, older 60s or 70. And she does a TED Talk where she says uh, in, front of the te- in front of the audience, she says, if you're squeamish about sexuality, cover your ears now. I'll tell you when you can you know, take your hands away. And then she says, I work with younger men. I have sex with them. She said they're in their 20s. I actually teach them how to have sex with a woman. And I say, no, you may not come on my face, you know. And then she oh. says to people, okay, you can take your... I met her. I interviewed her recently. Or not oh, recently. really? What's her name? Um, Cindy Gallup. Cindy Gallup. Oh, I saw that and I just was like, oh, my goodness. Because younger men, that's what they see. I mean, porn is like the, the cum shot at the end is like, you know, ejaculate on some woman's yeah. face. I don't know any woman that likes that. I've never met a woman that said to me, you know, my favorite sex act. I've been in the sex business for 22 years. I've never met a woman who said to me, you know, my favorite thing is if he comes on my face. Well, I'll tell you what's really interesting is that when I sleep with younger women, some women don't even, like, it's almost like they ask for it or expect it because every single guy they've ever slept with up to that point has all, has all they've all watched porn. So that's just the type of sex they understand. Like I, it kind of blew my mind, but like to have a woman like ask me to come on her in, in that way, or, or I think so many people, women too, are so influenced by porn that they think that's the only way to have sex. Uh, well, you and I have news for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's other things, there's other ways, there's much sweeter, more intimate things than that. And then objectifying someone that way, you know, and I'm not objectification could be fun in a, in the context of a scene of something that you plan and script to be a certain naughty way, but to have your normal sex life be bizarre is really bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, okay, so we talked, so we covered, um, shaming. I, you know, I, look, Me Too needed to happen is necessary. People need to be speaking out, but publicly shaming men all the time, distrusting men, projecting fear and loathing onto men. Men are one half of the population. 
as far as I'm concerned, women and men need each other, not only to produce offspring, but we need each other. We inhabit this planet together and shaming a whole segment, like a whole group, a whole gender is, it's, you know, it's not right. It isn't right. And, uh, I, I'm, we should take people to task who have committed horrible things, but just because you're in a male body doesn't mean you're horrible. Doesn't mean you've committed bad things. Doesn't mean any of that. So it's like we have to, we have to pull ourselves back from that and, and take situations case by case. Totally. Yeah. I don't know if you thought about the Gillette commercial, but, um, I was just like, ah, this is like another thing, like with the wrong understanding of what's going on. Shallow attempts to shift things or misunderstandings, like, just don't work. That's really not the answer. So I do understand that. And I did glean that from everything I could read. Yeah. So you're a younger man and you're helping younger men, but I imagine that you're probably helping some older men too. Um. And so how is it that you have um, this 100% uh, success rate at helping men with erectile dysfunction? Like really when they, how do they get to you? And then what do you do with them? And tell us. Yeah. So um, there's, there's a lot of different things, but like the, the, the overall conceptual piece that I get every guy to understand is that if they're having some issue in the bedroom, it's not just erectile dysfunction. It can be premature ejaculation, uh, any sort of sexual hypertension, anorgasmia, like they're all the same thing. Like if you're not having a healthy sexual response, uh, despite being physically healthy, then there's some emotional blockage, right? It's like a disconnection from your body or disconnection from your instincts, however you want to put it. So a lot of what we start with is recognizing what the man really feels. And depending on the person, it might be, we might focus more on like physical sensations if he's really numbed out or or uh, or emotions or desire because desire is simply your feelings with directions attached like i want to eat a sandwich why because you're feeling something in your body i want to go talk to that woman because you're feeling something so mm-hmm. um there's no not one prescription although i do have an online course for men to really sensitize themselves to this but getting re- uh, getting in touch with your instincts again um will allow this sexual response to to um reignite if you will because it's just part of your feelings it's part of your instincts so you mean instinct? Well, when I hear instinct, I think of the animal body. Like I think of, you know, I consider myself to be lots of different bodies. I'm an emotional body. I'm a spiritual body. I'm a shamanic body. And I'm also an animal body. My animal has instincts, wants, needs, desires. And then I also have sensations. So, yeah. But we're going, uh, well, when you, yeah, when you say instinct, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm actually trying to get it even more defined. Yeah, I, I would say what you said matches for the most part. Like, actually, I sometimes use it as a metaphor. Like, imagine there's an animal inside you um, and you've been mistreating it. Like, if a guy, or even, I mean, even when I work with women, like, if someone has some sort of disconnect, whether it's with their sexuality or their ability to connect or their creativity, um, I, I, I frame it as like, okay, you have this like thinking human, your prefrontal cortex, and then the rest of your nervous system, your limbic system, your reptilian brain is, a, is like, the, it's like basically like the same as an animal, right? Um, as an animal's nervous system. And if you have this disconnect, you've probably been mistreating this inner animal. So how can you, uh, how can you uh, take the animal out of the cage in a safe way um, and allow it to stretch out again? Because when your instincts or your inner animal, if you will, 
um, is back on and feeling great and in connection with you, that's where you get like the brilliant intu intuitive hits. That's where you get the, the flood of sensation and passion. Like we're going back to men, like across the board, when a guy's having a sexual a psychogenic sexual dysfunction, he almost also always also is dealing with anxiety and or apathy. Like you can mm -hmm. see it in their demeanor almost. Um, so I can kind of tell sometimes when a guy's having <laughs> a problem in the bedroom based on how he behaves, not always. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I mean by instincts. Yeah, that's great. And I, I mean, it's so important to, um, to, to become back in touch with the fact that, yeah, we're not just talking heads. <laughs> we're not just mm -hmm. cerebral cortex just walking around. We're actually animals and we ha and that's why we have a body. I always say this, I probably said on the show like a hundred times, if we were meant to be other, we would not have had skin. We would have had like our wrapper would have been glass, metal or wood. And we wouldn't be meant to feel anything, but we are meant to feel something. Skin is our largest sensory organ. Totally. And, yeah. And, and that, and it's beautiful and our bodies are built to, to to bring out the animal i always feel like if a, i've always said in my classes like some men i've just said you know stand up show me your animal and that you know i say roar and if they can't do it i can't even i can't find in them their uh the 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 turn on piece you know the piece where they where there's an attraction it's like yeah even the most brainiac person who's nerdy and whatever needs to, ha needs to connect with that animal. Yeah. Cause your thinking mind can't, doesn't feel it's like, it's, it's like a different, like you can't in the same way you can't hear color. Like you can't like think your way into passion. You can't think your way into connection. Like that can only be done from the lower centers. Yeah. It's beautiful. What a great thing that you just said. It's so true. So yeah. true. And I want to say, I think the, the main reason or one of the reasons why people disconnect and, and men right now, I think especially is, uh, is, uh, shame and fear that your animal is going to do something like probably when you're a little kid and like, especially I think most little boys end up breaking things. That's kind of just part, that's part of their instinct to, to, you know, whether it's Shiva in them or whatever, uh, to break stuff. Um, and like this idea, I, th I found this in a lot of men who say like, okay, I get that I need to let my inner animal out. I, I get, I need to uh, get in touch with my instincts. But what if I hurt someone? Like what if my instinct is to punch someone in the face or to rape or to, to pillage? And I'm like, you can validate the impulse that you have without actually doing it. And I think that's, I just want to say that because I think that's an important point for anyone who's afraid of what would happen if I let the animal out of the cage. Um, mm -hmm. Because if, once you're on the same page, it's like, you know, it's something you can ride. It's not something that's going to ruin you. Exactly. That's so great. Really. Thanks for saying. So let's talk about how people get in touch with you. Um, yeah, you can get in touch with me on uh, my website, ruando.com. Um, I'm also going to give you a link um, for one of my courses on arousal control, um, which is specifically for men to be able to reignite their libido and uh, you know, not only have more virility, but last longer, but also get re in touch with their masculine instincts. Um, so uh, you can go to sexualvitalitysecrets.com or use the link that I give Lori because, um, uh, yeah, it'll, we can track you that way. Right. So I'll put the link up as uh, I'll put the link up as I post the show. Um, but it's good. It's fine if people go directly to you. Some people will go through me and some people will go directly to you. So say it again, sexual. 
sexualvitalitysecrets.com. Sexualvitalitysecrets.com. I think that's wonderful. Listen, Ruan, I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. I'm so glad we met. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. I feel like you're a person who really gets it and you don't put much um, distortion. I When I deal with you, I don't get distortion. I just get, yeah, this is it. This is what I got. This is what I did. This is what I'm doing. This is, if you want it, here it is, come get it. And I, I really like that. I don't, I just feel like you're somebody that, people can just count on to give them the straight thing and not put a lot of stuff, whether it's fluff or whether it's, uh, you know, fear or whether it's whatever. I, I don't, I just don't feel like you deal with distortion. Thank and you. Thank you. Just... I'm so grateful we met. It was uh, serendipitous and random. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> In a Bali pizza joint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anything, any last minute thing that you want people to know, anything at all that maybe I forgot to ask you or you were hoping or whatever? No, I think we covered it. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a campaign in some form against these cloud pharmacies distributing Viagra. I don't know what form it'll be, but if you catch me on social media, I'd love if you would engage when I, when I start this campaign. Absolutely. I agree with you, and um, I certainly will. I certainly will. No question. So everybody, I'm thrilled that you were tuned in today. This is an important subject. Um, it affects probably every man that we know in some way or other. And you now have a really great resource, somebody who knows how to deal with it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take all that long and you don't have to get prescriptions and you don't have to think you're crazy. You can actually like deal with it. So please do get in touch with Ruan or put somebody that you know, if you're listening and it doesn't affect you, but there's somebody that you know who you think should hear this, please let them know about this show. Ruan, thank you for being my guest today. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Likewise. Yeah. And please tune in next time when I will have another amazing guest helping you or, or contributing to your sex and your happiness. This is Laurie Handlers signing off for Sex and Happiness. It is my privilege to do this show. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.